0: Well, man, That was a blessing. And so I enjoy that style of singing, and so it's a, it's a blessing to hear. And so I'm um, looking forward to what's going to happen here over the, the course of the, the next week with Vacation Bible School and then um, Youth Camp and all the different things that we have going on and uh, all of it in effort to help um, invest in the young people of our church. And uh, they are the next generation and they're going to raise up and hopefully be the leaders that will continue on the ministry of Valley Bible Baptist Church. And uh, so we want to put them um, under the preaching of the Word of God and to help them to be able to make decisions for the Lord. And so it is a blessing and all of it is none of it's in vain. Let's put it that way. And, and God knows and he knows the heart and we get to invest in these young people. And so it is an encouragement and uh, glad to be here and uh, being able to preach for pastor. and I enjoyed uh, Watching him lead music, he seemed like he had a good time, don't you think? So that was that was a blessing there to to see that with Pastor, and so that that was a real encouragement. To, and so I, I always enjoy um, Pastor, and just uh, he's he's always fun to be around. And so let's open our Bibles this evening to the Book of Ephesians, chapter number six. Ephesians chapter number six, and as uh, we're turning there, um, you know, over the last. Uh, Several times that pastors allowed me to, to preach, whether it's in a Sunday school or in church or different places, I always try to do things in in like a series of some sort. And, and we went through a series about Paul and his church planting um, and ministry um, lessons there. We went through a series about the, the presence of God. And uh, I want to do um, something here today, um, start on a thought of uh, the, the spiritual battle uh, that we're in. And uh, let me just say this here. Every person who was saved is in this battle. Um, it's just the way it is. And we need to recognize that we are in a battle. And we need to, to know that we're in a battle and we need to do our part to, to fight the spiritual warfare uh, for the Lord. And so we're going to be dealing with that. And, and so let's turn to Ephesians chapter number 6 and we're going to be beginning in verse number 10. And, uh, and I have about three or four lessons that I'll have from this over the course of the opportunities that Pastor allows me to preach. We'll come back to this passage. And so Ephesians chapter number 6, beginning in verse number 10. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And let's go ahead and pray this evening and ask upon his word here tonight. Father, as we come to you, Lord, I thank you, God, for your word, and God, I thank you that um, you are in control, God, that you give power, God, that you're able to get the victory in our lives, and God, I pray that as we read this passage of scripture, that you'd help us to learn from your word, um, help us to apply what we learn, give us ears to hear, God, give us tender hearts, we pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. As we look at this um, lesson, at this passage of scripture, um, the first of, of the series is going to be on a call to battle. A call to battle. Now, I had the privilege of having some veterans in my family, though I myself never went to to war or enlisted in any kind of armed force, but my my stepdad and my um, grandfather um, were um, veterans. In particular, they went to Vietnam, and uh, both of them were drafted, and uh, whenever I turned uh, a certain age, I had to go into the office there. Brother Wood was the uh, pastor at the church there and he pulled us in and, and he said, you young men, um, you need to sign this form. And it, it was a commitment that if we were to, uh, if there were to be a war and a draft were to take place, that we would um, be drafted into a war. And I remember signing that and the, and the pastor was very, very um, just uh, concerned for us that we would be willing to be patriots for our country and to be willing to serve our country should there arise a war, and and I remember signing that. And, and to be honest, I didn't realize what it was uh, at the time. But looking back, um, that's a big deal. It's a very, very big deal. And, and I remember hearing my stepdad and my stepdad telling of going to Vietnam, and he was in the Navy and uh, what he did. And I asked him, "How old were you when you went?" And he said, eighteen years old uh, when he went. Uh, my, my 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 grandfather, my step grandfather, um, he was the same age whenever he went. Uh, I think of several other people. My my stepmom, her dad, um, Edward Hinzo, um, he was drafted as well, and he was. 18 years old. He tells of a time whenever he first went um, to Vietnam and uh, as he described uh, the battles and so forth, I was trying to witness to him. And I remember as I was trying to witness to him, he didn't want to get saved. And his argument was, well, I went to Vietnam. I have experienced hell already. That's what he said. And I told him, sir, I appreciate your um, sacrifice and, and your commitment and you willing to put your life on the line. But with all due respect, that is nothing compared to what the Bible describes. As hell, And he began to describe to me what he went through as he went to Vietnam. And and they had trained him for war. They had trained them for battle. They trained them to kill a person. And as my uncle told me who went to Iraq, he, he said um, very specifically, it doesn't matter how much training you endure, when that time comes and you have to pull the trigger, um, you won't be ready to do it, but you just need to do it. And I remember my, my, my um, stepfather or my, my, my stepmother's uh, father telling how that they had had trained and and you know, bring mommy a commie. that was the the motto they would say, and all that kind of stuff better dead than red, and, and all these different things is to get them um, pumped up to go out the battlefield. And yet, whenever the time came and they were in Vietnam and they were getting ready to land, um, they landed, and immediately fire opened up on them. And there was a firefight, and he had to literally get out of the whatever I don't know if it was a helicopter or a plane, I forget what it was, but they landed in, in gunfire, and it became real, just like that. Just like that. The battle became real. As we read this passage of Scripture, Paul is calling the church of Ephesus to battle. May I suggest tonight that the battle is real. The battle is real. The Bible says, "...the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy." There is an enemy, and he is after you. He is after your children. He is after your children's children. He is after every single one in this room tonight. The devil is the real foe tonight. And we need to understand that there is a battle, and the battle is real. It's real. The devil wants to have your children. And so he's going to go after you, Mom. He's going to go after you, Dad. He's gonna get you to not be faithful to the things of God. He's gonna discourage you to, to, to make church a, 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 not as much of a priority and to put sports and, and work and, and other things before God. And, and he will sift you. The Bible says the devil will sift you. The battle is real. The battle is real. We look at this passage in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. He, he makes a statement finally, Let me make a statement to you tonight. A part-time Christian can't beat full-time devils. Part-time Christians can't defeat full-time devils. When are we going to get serious about this battle? The devil's serious. The devil knows that his time is short. And he's out to deceive The nations, the Bible says. And let me say this, being part of a church body, this isn't about being on a cruise, amen. We are on a battleship. You say, what do you mean? The battle's not over till we take our last breath. And even then, there's going to be some battle um, in, in future times, as the Bible teaches of the, the battle of Armageddon. The Bible teaches of the devil being let loose for a season and, and so forth. The battle's not over until he is thrown into the lake of fire. That's when the battle is ended. Whenever God creates the new heaven and the new earth and old things are passed away, that is when the battle is done. But until that day, we are enlisted in the battle. We are enlisted. And so we see here, this church, what was commissioned to partake in this battle here understand this about the church tonight the particular church the church of ephesus it was a church that was led by timothy and uh, i had an opportunity to preach about timothy and talked about uh, um finishing and finishing strong and so forth uh, timothy was the pastor of this church and paul told timothy um, to endure hardness as a good of Jesus Christ and so Paul told the pastor hey you are in a battle you need to endure and then Paul writes the same church and he tells them you are in a battle put on the whole armor of God you are soldiers for Jesus Christ this church was a church that was in a pagan city very similar ...to what we experience here in Española, New Mexico. Um, turn your Bibles, hold your place in Ephesians chapter 6... ...and turn your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter number 19. Acts chapter number 19. This is when the church is being founded and it was birthed in travail. It was uh, birthed in, in hardship. It was birthed in, in, in persecution here. And so Paul is preaching to this church and, and as he's preaching to this church... Um, ...there's some opposition that takes place. And so the book of Acts chapter 19 and verse number 22 the bible says so he sent to macedonium and to macedonia two of them that ministered unto him uh, timotheus and erastus but he himself stayed in asia for a season and at the same time there arose no small stir about that way so paul sent for timothy and erastus to come to the city and it says there in verse 23 at the same time when they were there there was no small stir about that way the the idea there is it was not a small stirring um meaning it was a large stirring. And this idea of a stir, um, it's mentioned a few times in the Bible. Um, Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift that, that is in him. Um, Paul said that when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry, that his spirit was stirred in him. And those are good things of God's people that we ought to be stirred. But we see here in this passage, the world is being stirred up against the way of God. It says there is no small stir about that way. These are This is referring to the people who followed Followed that way, those, those Christians, those those people who, who believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, those that are part of that way, there was no small stir. that They got stirred up about the Christians that were in that city. And because of that stirring, um, the idea... It's similar to um, a, a bee's nest getting stirred up or, 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 or uh, um, the, the, uh, an anthill getting stirred up. I mention this every once in a while, but I grew up in a time when boys were let to be boys, amen. And we used to go out to Nueva, New Mexico, and uh, we'd have a fun out there with our BB guns and pellet guns. And, and we'd go out there with our black cats and fireworks and M80s and bottle rockets and the whole nine yards. And are you condoning it? Um, I can neither can, can confirm nor deny that statement, amen. I like to blow stuff up. Hey man, it's just in me. Hey man, and we used to go out there, and uh, we used to find these ant hills, and and I know we probably shouldn't do it, and we should be more respectful to part of God's creation. But man, we find these ant hills that were this big. You know how they are up in the mountains. There's the the sagebrush all around, and then you'll see it's all cleared out, and there's a big old ant hill there, and we'd get our M80s in there, and we get our our black hats, and we'd light them, and and boom, and dirt would go flying, and ants would go everywhere, and and uh, uh, to prove the point. Uh, They got stirred up, amen? They got stirred up and they were defending their home. And that's the idea of what's taking place in this city of Ephesus. The Christians have come in and they are preaching the gospel and the gospel is contrary to the world. And so they start getting stirred up about what's happening there. And so as a result of this, this pagan city is now stirred um, against the things of God. And you go further down to verse number Um, 26, it makes a little mention more about, actually, verse 25, it says, um, whom he called together with the the workmen of like occupation and said, sirs, ye know that by this craft we have our wealth, referring to the idolatry there. And it says, moreover, verse 26, Ye see and hear that uh, um, not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that there be no gods which are made with hands, and so you see here that they're getting stirred up, and these people who make the idols are, are, are getting together, and they're saying, "Man, you know, um, we make the idol to the goddess Diana, and and we 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 sell these uh, um particular idols." And so Paul is going around preaching, that "There's no gods that are made with hands," and so that they're they're worried about their money maker. And let me say this: um, religion of the world is always business. It always is. And you see them there and they're, they're trying to, to, to keep people under idolatry so they can continue to sell to them the idols that they worship. And so they're stirred up. They're, they're getting their money taken away because of greed, not commitment. Um, they, they are stirred up. And so you see them getting stirred and you go further down to verse number 34. But when they knew that he was a Jew, um, all all with one voice about uh, the space of two hours cried out, Great is Diana! Of the Ephesians, and when the town's clerk had appeared, uh, the, uh, appeased the people. He, he said, "Ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not that this, that the city of of the Ephesians is a worshipper of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Jupiter? And so, what happened is um, they found out that he was a Jew, and so they they caused a, an uproar, and for two hours." The whole city is crying out, um, great is Diana of the Ephesians. And finally, the clerk is able to calm the whole city down. And he makes a statement to this effect. Don't you know that we in this city worship this God? Let me say this. With all due respect, um, we look at our area. And our area worships a female God very similar to this God. And they may not say that she's a god, but they bow down to the Virgin Mary. And they pray to the Virgin Mary. Let me say this, I came from a Catholic home. My dad is Catholic, so I understand I'm not trying to put anybody or anyone down. I'm just saying what the Bible says. Idolatry is a sin. God said, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images it is a sin we will not bow down to any of these images that is what the bible says and so i'm not trying to be mean rude or crude but as we look at this uh, it's, it's it's like going around espanola just the other day brother dave and i we were, we were out soul winning we led a lady to the lord and then we went back to follow up and the man stopped us and said i need to tell you we are a catholic family and just try to stop us right there immediately. And we try to again witness to him and, and talk with him. But he didn't want to hear it. And, and you look at it, it's very similar. To, to Ephesus, and again, I'm not trying to be mean or crude or put anyone down. I, I believe the same way at one point in my life. I was baptized as a baby, and I, I understand it. My dad told me, "You were born a Catholic, you will die a Catholic." That, that's what I was told. But I, I say this: uh, I learned what the Bible said, and the Bible said that there are no God gods made with hands. The Bible says, um, "That is what the Bible teaches." God is alive, and He's in the heavens, and there's no other way to God but through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's no other way to God. The Bible says there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. There's no other way to get to God but through the Son. And so this city is in an uproar because of the preaching of the gospel. And so we look at this passage and we see that it's a very similar city to, that, uh, to where we live here in Española. And I said all that to say this, that that spiritual battle that they faced in Ephesus is a similar spiritual battle that we face here in Española. V- very similar. And we need to recognize that we are in a battle. There will be opposition from us or from people... Around us, There will be opposition. Mark it down. There will be opposition. Turn back to the book of Ephesians chapter number 6. And as you're looking there, that's just introduction explaining what's taking place in this church and a little bit about the church here. So Paul is calling this church to battle. And so we see this church was in a pagan city. And yet it was used of God. And if God could use the church of Ephesus, God can use Valley Bible Baptist Church. But we need to recognize that we're in this battle. And the devil is trying to break up homes. And has broken up homes. The devil is trying to destroy lives. The devil wants to put bitterness in hearts. The devilness wants to put rebellion in hearts. The devilness wants to put a rejection of the word of God in hearts. The devil wants to make us so that we would not believe the truth of the word of God. The devil wants to put us against the authority that God has placed in our lives. The devil wa- wants to ruin people in this church. The Bible says that there are those that the Bible says can take captive at His will. If you're on the edge with God, it's easy for you to get snatched. It's easy for you to get snatched if you're on the edge with God. See, the problem is we as God's people, we find where the boundary is when it comes to sin and and lust and, and all these different things. And we get as close as we can to the edge without trying to fall off. We shouldn't try to get as close to the edge we should try to get as close to God as we can, and we wouldn't be in danger of falling off. Now, that doesn't mean we're, we're um, perfect, and that doesn't mean we're not going to stumble, but here's the thing. I'd rather be closer to God than on the edge because the devil can snatch up so easy. You know, we do a lot of fly fishing, and, and I love to fly fish, and it's one of my, my favorite things, and, and often, um, you know, you go out and, and you throw the lure, and, uh, and you'll see the lure land on the water, and one time I went out by um, in between... A, It was right on the county line between Taos County and Mora County, heading out toward Mora on the highway past Penasco and Tres Ritos and La Junta. There's a little creek out there and uh, nothing but wild brown trout. I I love the wild brown trout. And I go out and and fish out there. And I found this little creek and and I looked at my my marker, the Onyx hunting app, and it said this is private land and this is public land. And I went up to the GPS and right where the division was, there's a rock on the fence. And I said, this must be a marker, amen. And so I crawled under the fence and and went on down that stream. And as I went down that stream, I would look and try to read the waters, and the stream was no wider than this pulpit at most times, but there was times whenever there'd be pools about as wide as from this edge to to that edge over there, and it was just great fishing, nothing but wild trout, and I would sneak up, and and one of the benefits of being short is the fish can't see you coming, amen, especially when the grass is like like this high, amen, so they can't see you coming, so I have my fly rod, and it's one of these, uh, actually a Japanese one, it's like 12 feet long, and, and 10 feet of leader, and a couple other feet, so you can catch Pretty far out there, and they don't even see you coming. And there I am, and I could look in. I have these, you know, these X ray vision glasses. Hey, man, they're, they're polarized glasses that go over mine. I can see right through, and I could see, um, cut through the glare, and I could see there's all these fish feeding. And all I do is just simply throw that lure right there, right at the edge of where the fish are, and boom, one after another, just take them up at my will. And there's times where I find holes, and I pull out 10, 15 fish. One time um, when we just moved out here, um, down to Espanola, I went out to the hammock right after the, the runoff, and, and literally. In the space of about three hours, I caught at least 50 fish. 50, it was just amazing. I didn't bring them all home, amen? I do a lot of catch and release. But uh, um, that many fish. And, and it was just like picking them off, just one after another, just one after another, just one after another. They, they were there. They were on the edge. Here's the thing. The ones that were hidden, they didn't get caught. It was the ones that were on the edge that got caught. And let me say this. When we're on the edge with God... It's easy for the devil to take us. It's easy for the devil to capture us. It's easy to be snared by the devil. Where are we with God? And let me also just mention this. You can't be right with God if you're wrong with other people. You, you can't. We need to make sure we're right with each other and right with God. And understand this. This battle. You know, we, we the is real and he wants to take us captive the bible says that we're to be sober to be vigilant for the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour this is a spiritual battle A spiritual battle. And so he's calling them to to battle. And he tells them, There finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There is a battle tonight. And so Paul is teaching this church to have a battlefield mindset. Do you recognize you're in a battle tonight? You're in a battle for the souls of your family. You're in a battle for the souls of your children. Do you want your children to die and spend eternity in the lake of fire? Parents, time to wake up. Time to wake up and get serious about the things of God and be faithful to the things of God and raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Let's get serious. Let's get serious about this. And so he's calling them to battle. We need a battle-filled mindset. That's the first thought. The second is this. Our power and strength comes from God. You look again in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of God his might. The Bible teaches in the book of Zechariah, we won't turn there, but it says, um, not by strength nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Um, it's not by our strength that we overcome the battle. It's, it's by the Lord Jesus Christ and his strength that we overcome. We cannot defeat the devil in our own strength. I'm reminded of a preacher that he was out preaching a revival meeting once and um, and uh, all of a sudden, he said he started hearing voices in his house and, and different things like that. And he thought, man, there's a devil in my house. And so he called the, the, the evangelist and, and said, there's a devil in my house. And he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm sitting here on the couch with a gun. And he says, you can't kill the devil with a gun. Hey, man, it just doesn't work that way. And I'm pro-Second Amendment as the rest of them. But let me just say this here today. Um, it, it, our, our, the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're, they're not of this world. They're, they're not. It's a spiritual battle and we need strength from God we cannot beat the devil and, and, and the fallen ones in our own strength it comes from the Lord we need the power of God in our lives Christians we need God's strength in our lives we need to do this in his power the Bible says on Jesus Christ speaking I am the vine ye are the branches he that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me ye can do nothing we can't do this On our own, but praise God. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. We can have the power of God tonight. We need to recognize, we need to submit to God. We need to submit to His Spirit. We need to seek God. We need to seek Him from His Word. We need to spend time with Him. We need to be in the house of God, hearing the preaching of the Word of God and encouraging each other and praying for each other and lifting each other up because this battle is real and we need God's power in our life. We need His power. When we were in Taos, we, we had several types of opposition that took place in our own family and ministry. Whenever we first moved to Taos, um, we lived in a house and it's just a, an unusual experience. I don't like to share these stories much because I don't like to give glory to the devil, but just to explain how the, bat, how the battle is real and how the devil works. Um, we, we lived in this house and uh, it was. We loved the house. It was. Oh, I love the house. Anyways, it's an adobe house there. And Rancho's the house. And, and uh, we we are Rancho's the house with our house with the mouse next to the cows and and all that kind of stuff. We we loved it out there. And uh, we were there. And and there was this particular room that no matter what we did to heat up the house, that room was always cold and literally there there was a wall here and there was a door here there was actually an opening um there so the heat could rise and go in to that room and that room was always cold just I mean like an icebox cold no matter what we did we could not get that room warm and so we're there in the house and Alyssa was just maybe um two or three years old at the time and and uh we were there, and, and we'd have different things where, like, the literally, like, we, I'd see, the, like, the light go up and down. Like, I mean, it was just amazing, like, the light flicker. I'd literally see it with my own eyes, and it just scary stuff. And so we're in this room, and uh, getting ready for Christmas and different things, and um, we, we heard a voice, and it said, this is my house. This is my house. And I looked at Eileen, and she looked at me, and we didn't say anything because Elissa was there, and she was just a little girl, we didn't want to scare her. And then she looked up up at us and said, did you hear that scary lady? And she heard uh, the voice. And so right away we knew there was something going on here. And so I opened up the Bible and I began to read the Bible out loud. I reminded the devil where he's going. Amen. And how he overcame through the blood. And we right there in that room, we prayed. And we prayed in the name of Jesus. We prayed that his blood would cleanse us of our sin. We prayed um, through Christ. And as soon as we said amen, immediately that room warmed up. I mean, like, like, because we had the other fire going hot. It was like 80 degrees in the house, and immediately that, that happened. You kicked out the devil from that house. Praise God. I'm, I don't claim to be some kind of exorcist type of person or anything like that, but the battle got real, and we had to confront it, and we did, and, and God worked, and it wasn't um, through trying to convince the devil to leave. It wasn't through um, trying to fight the devil. It was through reading the Bible out loud and praying. Um, that's where it came from. That That's where the victory was won. But I'll say this much. When we moved to the house that we had purchased in Taos, um, the devil kept fighting. He knew that we were onto him and how we could um, overcome him. And he began to fight in different ways. In different ways, you say, "What was that?" One of the biggest ways he began to fight was causing division in our home. I don't care what it was; we could all wake up in the morning and read our Bibles and pray, and by the end of the day, we were down each other's throats, just completely divided. And one day, I realized this is not natural the way we are at each other. There's something causing division among our family. And when I recognized that, we, we began to pray, and the division would go away, and we'd have good days. But I remember during this time, Brother Fox was here, and I had asked him about spiritual oppression and. Uh, Different things because he dealt with a lot of that stuff and hating. And the foxes came up to house. And as we were at our house, we walked around the property. And we were getting ready to pray around the property. And all of a sudden, the kids came running in. And I forget which one of the fox kids came. So-and-so's cut. So-and-so's cut. They were in the girl's room. And just out of nowhere, the window fell down and smashed over her head and cut her head right there. She had a scar in her forehead. I mean, while we were trying to pray for God's presence on our property. I mean, just this battle is Real. It's real. And so the devil would fight and cause division. The devil would do things like that often in our house. Uh, and, and I won't get into all the details, but I'll say this much. In one particular instance, the devil began to, he realized that I was trying to get our family in order and, and pray through these things and, and seek unity among each other as a family unit. And so the devil began to attack me personally. Me personally. And say, what, what do you mean? He, he put me into a depression. And I don't share this often, but I'll I'll share it tonight. Um, There was a span of about two to three years where I was extremely, extremely depressed. And it got to the point, without giving too many details, I had to ask my wife to hide the firearms in our home. That's how real the battle got. But we prayed, and we read the word. We fasted. This kind cometh not out, but by prayer, and fasting. And I say that to tell us that we need the power of God. This battle is real. He's calling this church to battle. He's telling them, you need to be strong in the might and the power of the Lord. You can't do this on your own. You can't do this on your own. We need God's power in our life. And and the last and final thought, as it's already been mentioned, is is, the battle is spiritual. You read there again in verse 12, Ephesians six twelve. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I used to wrestle in high school, and I loved it. It was one of my favorite things I did. I used to kickbox, and I used to wrestle. I liked punching people and getting people in headlocks, amen? And so I used to wrestle, and I remember when I was in wrestling, I joined wrestling from kickboxing. I had no experience in wrestling at all. Um, I was just a freshman. I joined the wrestling team and, and uh, that sort of thing. So right away, you know, freshman, first year wrestling, they throw you on the, on the C team. That, that's how it is. And, but, but because of the experience with kickboxing and being able to go against people my own weight, I, I was able to start doing good in wrestling. Now, here's the thing. I didn't know... All the moves. I only knew like one pin, and that was it. I knew how to do a single leg takedown and how to pin a person with a head and arm. And that was all I knew how to do. I didn't know how to get out of the, the pins that they would get me, and I remember the first tournament we went to, um, I got second place in that tournament, and, and uh, I lost to this kid because I didn't know how to get out of pins, and it wasn't that I couldn't do, I just, I, he had me on my back, and I'd roll around, and I didn't know what I was doing, and so that, that next match, I said, I'm not going to let someone pin me, and so what I started doing was just there on my back, if they had me on a pin, i just literally grab them and throw me off, throw them off of me, and, and then that'd freak them out because i think, man, this kid's, and he's all short, but he could throw me off of them, and all that kind of stuff, and it get in their head, and, and I start winning the, the matches, and, and then they start backing off, and I start getting the takedowns, and eventually pin them with my one and only pin. That, that's how I did it. But, but talking about wrestling, physically, a person with their sheer strength can do a lot. They really can. I just literally throw these people off of me whenever I was in a pin. Not because I knew any moves. I didn't know any moves. That's why I just pushed as hard as I could. And often what I would do is I would grab them and I'd either push and I'd put my hand right there and my thumb would be right in their kidney area and that's where I'd push. I'd put my thumb right in their armpit. But either way, you start pushing hard enough, they'll get up, amen? And so I just push them off as hard as I could and I do that. And physically speaking, wrestling, you could do a lot in your own strength. But here's the thing, the spiritual battle, there's nothing I could do on my own strength. It's a spiritual battle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Let me say this here today. We are not each other's enemy in this battle. See, and the sad reality is that the devil does what he can to put us against each other. And makes us think that we are each other's enemy. I'm not your enemy. You're not my enemy. Yes, we may have our differences. Let me say this. Yes, sometimes we have conflicts because we have different viewpoints, but the simple fact is this, that we are part of a family. If you're here today and you're saved, you're part of the family of God. But let me say this. If you're here today you're saved and you're a member of Valley Bible Baptist Church, you're part of this family here. As our family would have the difficulties that I expressed whenever we'd be down each other's throats and we realized that we needed unity in our home, uh, we, we would begin to pray together to get over the division. We wouldn't stop talking to each other. We wouldn't avoid each other. We would pray together and work through the differences. And let me say this. We are not each other's enemy. If you think someone else is your enemy, you have believed the devil. And his lies. We are not each other's enemies. We are for each other, not against each other. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. What do we fight against? Against principalities, against um, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. That is the enemy. Don't hate each other. Don't be mad at each other. Let's love each other and encourage each other and pray for each other. We are not the enemy of each other. We're on the same team. On the same team. You know, I used to see it all the time in, in wrestling and so forth. You get someone that was um, just, you know, here's a word for you, catty wonka. Say, man, they just didn't want to be part of the team. And they just go off and do their own thing. Everyone suffered whenever people weren't team players. Everyone suffered. We lost um, matches, you know, because often in wrestling, you know, you'd play another, you know, not when you play, you'd wrestle another school, and for every win you got, it would tally up some points, and then the type of win you received tally up some points, and so it wasn't just you as an individual wrestling that person, it was one school against another school competing, and often um, those who were off in the clouds, they, they, they would lose the battle. I remember one particular time, um, I was in the team, and I was wrestling, and, and I lost a match, and I remember I was just being a dumb teenage boy out there trying to talk to the girls and break down some fun of them and all the stuff. My, my head wasn't in the game. It wasn't in the game, and I lost a match. And my dad got onto me, and he chewed me. I said, "Not only did you lose, but you caused the rest of the team to lose. You need to get your head in the game." And my dad just got onto me. I'm thankful I had a dad that would tell me like it was, Amen. And he just got onto me. Nowadays, kids are—they're not used to people being hard on them and that kind of stuff. And whatever—that's a whole other sermon for a whole other time. But my dad got on my face, and and you, you 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 took one. You didn't, you know, you, you caused the team to lose, and here you are trying to do this and that. If you're not even gonna um, put the effort, I'm gonna take you out of the team. I mean, he was mad at me just I mean and that kind of stuff and and that I never forgot that that next year I hurt my knee wrestling and and I said you know I'm not going to quit the team I I was done for the season I, I couldn't wrestle I had like three or four matches and I was done but I remember my dad telling me you're on a team give it your all give it your all I showed up to practice every day with a messed up knee and I would go and cheer my teammates on and I would go do what I could to to encourage the team someone else had to take my place but I was there I was there, and I was part of that team, and I was committed to that team. Are you committed to this team here? Are you committed to this team here? Valley Bible Baptist Church, this is a spiritual battle. We need to be on the same team. We can't be against each other. As the devil knows, his time is short. Do we not realize... The time is short as well. The Bible says life is but a vapor; it appears for a little while, and vanishes away. The there's a talk clicking, or there's a clock ticking. Amen. Not a talk ticking, or I don't know what. I, I got tongue tied there. There is a clock ticking. Amen. God knows the time when He's going to blow that trumpet. I remember when we used to be in kickboxing, and we used to have these uh, um, our, our rounds, and they they would have. Um, two-minute rounds for the amateurs and, and three minutes for the professionals. And I remember as we would go into the match, um, the bell would ring, ding, and you'd go in there and you'd touch your, usually if you're right-handed, you use your left hand. you touch your opponent's glove, and, and then you start fighting, you'd go at it and all that. And then right before the, the bell was about to ring, you'd hear a person there in the corner go, and that meant there was 10 seconds before that bell rang, and you'd go back to your corner for a little break, and you'd get back out there, and they would do that. May I suggest to you today... That, you know, most battles or most uh, fights are 10-round fights. I believe we're in the 10th round. I believe God from heaven is going, we're in the last of the last of the last days. We need to get serious about this battle. We need to get serious about this battle. So I want to ask you tonight, are you in? Are you in? There is a battle. And so with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we come to you, God, I thank you that we can have your power. God, I thank you that we can have your strength. God, help us, I pray, to recognize that this battle is real and the devil is the enemy and the fallen angels, um, they are the enemy. Um, We're not each other's enemy. God, help us, I pray, to rise above that and and God, to to seek to to serve you together and to be on the same team. God, to recognize that there's a bigger enemy. That's out there, and we can't let things get between us. God, we need to show up. We need to be part of the team. We need to do our part. God, help us, I pray, to realize how serious this battle is and to seek you for your power, God, to trust you and to do this in your strength, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, please stand to your feet. We're going to have a time of prayer, an invitation. This altar is open. Who will come and say, God, enlist me? God, sign me up. I want to be part of this battle. I want to do my part. I want to help for the cause of Christ. I I don't want to be AWOL. I don't want to be one of those soldiers that does my own thing. I'm part of this battle. Part of the battle here. This is the home front. This is the, the front line, so to say. Let's get out of the trenches and do something for God. God wants to use you. And He can use you. But you need to seek Him. For your power, you can't let things get between you and other of God's people. Are you in this battle? Are you serious? The devil's serious. He's serious about you. Let me say this young person, the devil wants to get you off of the course of God's will. He's serious. He wants to take your life and have his way with you and and leave you. Young person, get serious about the things of God. Get serious about God. Parents, the devil wants your kids. He wants to see them die and go to hell. And do you know you're saved? Do you know that your kids are saved? Are you praying for them? Are you telling them about God? Are you leading them in the things of God? Are you the example that God wants you to be? The battle is real and he's after your kids. What a sad day to sit in a church like this and raise your kids up in this environment, only to see them cast off into the lake of fire one day because mom and dad weren't serious about the things of God, and things came before God, and money came before God, and pleasure before God, work came before God. All these things come before God, and your pa- your kids are on their way to a devil's hell. It's real. It's real. And I'm not trying to be mean or crude. It's just I, 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 I care for you. I care for your families. I care for your homes. This is a real battle. Let's enlist. That's good preaching tonight. And I think um, a lot of times we, we don't realize northern New Mexico is under severe bondage. Uh, my wife and I, many, many times as we first came to, to Espanola, and uh, just, just uh, the, the bondage right here in this valley we would drive up, we would be headed towards Arkansas, we would head back toward the Bible Belt. It's almost like we, we get up out of the valley and just that oppression uh, would leave. And we just uh, over and over talked about that and just spent um, uh, hours just praying and seeking the faith.